The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP to get $15 off your first month of treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by ProSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's ProSwap.com, promo code SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by the SGPN app. That's right, we've got an app now, and the app gives you easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and the exclusive place to enter in all of our contests. That includes the $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store and download that baby today. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and thank you for coming to the podcast, the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, back in your eardrums. This would be episode 46. Normally, it's dedicated to someone, but there really is not very many good 46s that I could find. I'm going to break my rule and let my associate co-host talk before he's introduced. Maybe he has a number 46 for us. Co-host, do you have a number 46 for us? So I'm trying to think because the only one who I can think of that used to wear 46, because I'm usually the baseball guy, the only one I can think of is Lee Smith, but he was like a relief pitcher, and that's that's so random. I feel like there's got to be better ones than that. I guess I Andy Pettit maybe, but whatever, like... Yeah, he's all right. Yeah, I guess yeah. he's at least the one who admitted he cheated. That's kind of nice. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, I'm being told right now that Tony yes. Gonsolin also wears it. I don't know if you know Tony Gonsolin. Uh, he's I the, do know the name. He's the weird cat guy on, on the Dodgers. Yes, he's on my fantasy team now, yeah, everybody. Yeah, he's really into cats. Really, cats. He kind of looks like a cat, too, <laughs> so it makes sense. All right, Tony Gonsolin, this one is for you. Um, co-host, shut up. You haven't been introduced yet. How dare you speak? This is not your time to talk. All right, uh, Tony Gonsolin, uh, this, hopefully this episode will be a stellar one. Because our picks last week, last week, last night, actually, were stellar, so... Um, this shall be a good episode. I would be Jeff Fox, your host. Uh, thank you for coming, like I said, once again. Um, and if you have not already, please make sure you subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed um, on whatever podcast catcher device thingamajig you use. And if you want to give us a rating and review, that helps too. Helps us get more eardrums, more degenerates into our flock here. Um, and if you are listening to us on the SGPN main feed, um, if you could try to find our specific uh, MMA gambling podcast only feed and subscribe to that, that would help because we're eventually going to be off the SGPN feed and on the other one. Still still part of the SGPN family, just on our own feed. Um, so like I said, thank you for coming. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and reading all the stuff that I and the rest of our writers write there. Um, and if you go to my MMA site, MMA-Manifesto.com, thank you for going there also. 
Uh, we always have lots of good stuff on there. It's pretty much updated daily. So if you uh, need a up uh, a daily dose of MMA stuff, make sure you go on there. Um, I will officially let my co-host, my associate host, excuse me, uh, talk now because I don't really have too much else to say. I don't even have a number 46 for you, so uh, I'm not much use. Um, and he was one pick better than me last night, too, so he's going to have some gloating to do here. Um, we both did very well. I basically um, tailed him on all his picks except one, and, of course, the one I picked on my uh, – the one I went opposite of him, he uh, – it was – most gruesome uh, win of the night. So um, we'll get into that in a second. Um, this man is the king of the go-go plata, as uh, as he tells um, us on air and off air. Um, he says he would never, he would just, um, his strength and technique, he, Paul Craig would not be able to do any kind of arm lock on him. Uh, he said if Paul Craig tried to do a uh, some kind of arm bar on him, he would turn it into a go-go plata and, and a rip. He said he would rip his arm right out of the socket and blood would be gushing out of the uh, um, out of his, I guess, his um, shoulder joint, I think is what you said, Dan. You would rip his arm out from the shoulder, I think you said. And then uh, you said you would beat Paul Craig up with it and the ref still would notice that his arm was ripped out because it would be the same ref as last night, and he would just be watching you beat him up and wondering if he should stop the fight. That's what Dan says off the air. He does he, On the air, he tries to be a nice guy, but that's the type of guy uh, he is off the air. Um, so, yeah, King of Goga Plata. Uh, they call him Gumby. Um, we call him Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and now we will say hello to him. Hello, Daniel Gumby Vreeland. So so I've been disparaging to a lot of, of <laughs> jiu-jitsu in, in the UFC. Yeah. I, I think a lot of guys – have subpar jujitsu and should be better at it. I even I the one you usually poke fun at me as Bartrov Spavinsky. I pointed out that he is very susceptible to guillotines, and then he got guillotined. Uh, and and I've I've been disparaging of his grappling. I've never once said an ill word about Paul Craig, and after winning me money at plus what was he plus two twenty last night, I will never say an ill word about Paul Craig. Yes, we um, we killed it with the underdogs last night, especially uh, Mr. Vreeland, um, especially with um, Paul Craig. Yeah, he should. I I agreed. I believe I agreed on air episode forty five that um, I didn't like the number uh, for that fight. Um, G- Jamal Hill was minus three hundred. Paul Craig plus two thirty. I thought that was far too far too lopsided and. Uh, it proved right. Uh, Dan made a killing, and he sent me a photo of Tony Gosselin wearing a shirt. It says Taco Cat on it. Um, it says Taco Cat spelled backward is Taco Cat. So yes, thought this you episode. Thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> yeah, the, this episode should be uh, dedicated to him. He he deserves it after that. That's for dang. Uh, that's for dang sure. So um, yeah, interesting night of fights. Um, another decision um, heavy night of fights, but it didn't. It wasn't uh, it wasn't super boring. We had some had some exciting fights, but we're talking what there was one, two, what three finishes out of out of fourteen fights. Um, yeah, but maybe maybe before I was going to say is this uh, is this just the new way we're going the sports headed because everyone is going to be. Everyone's trained in everything nowadays, so maybe that's just the way we're going to get uh, get it going. We're not going to have huge mismatches in the, in the future, and we're going to have a whole bunch of decisions. But before we get into that, 
um, let me tell you about WinBet. I was thinking we should just do our ads like um, like they do in the UFC when just like out of the blue they'll say uh, <laughs> Modelo <laughs> right right in the middle of the fight. They'll P3 just like, is uh, the you, official protein pack of the octagon. <laughs> right right in the middle of the fight and just uh, with with no contacts whatsoever. I, I, that would be a, a nice way to, to do the podcast, but our ads are a little longer than that. So uh, let me tell you about WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Jonas promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. I got I feel like I'm, I'm doing a subpar performance here. I got to pick it up for Taco Cat here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing, not doing Taco, Taco Cat proud. Um, so yeah, what are you thinking about before we get in the card? It, has it been more decision heavy over the past few weeks or are we just noticing it now or um or what do you think or should we save this for one of our off weeks and go real in depth on it no i i, th- I think it's 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 probably something that we can't answer on the micro right like we you're right we have yeah. seen more lately um and sometimes that's that's just the matchups right like we got heavyweights this week uh which we'll eventually get to but like they were heavyweights with not tons of finishing power. So, like, sometimes that happens. And, you know, Brad Riddell and, and Drew Dober are two guys who slug in, like, knockouts. But they, they're they also very defensively sound. So, like, it could be just a little bit matchup-based. Um, but I would also add that this broke the record for the most decisions on a single UFC card. Uh, 11, oh, yeah? okay. 11 is the new record. Um, previously, like, four different cards had 10, and also it was the longest event in terms of fight time ever, too, with over three hours of fight time uh, in the case. So, yeah, it, it was it was a long one, and uh, it certainly felt that way, too. Yeah, I was going to say it doesn't feel that way, but I don't. I'm weirdo, and I tend to watch nothing live. Um, I always have at least uh, a few minutes drag time going on things I watch, so I I skip through a lot of dead time. So maybe that's why I didn't feel so bad. I'm off doing other things in between, maybe. I'll say this, too. Like, the first two or three fights, when when they went to the judges' scorecards, Bruce Buffer, like, was – I don't know if it was him or was the judges getting the card to him or what. Like, there was, like – five or six minutes of just like dead space while the guys like wandered around the cage waiting for the, the them to say, Oh, okay, well we have the judges scorecards now. And like, they just didn't have them. Like, like maybe they couldn't find the judge or whatever, or the judge was taking time, making up his mind. But like it, there was some large gaps in there. Yep. And speaking of doing things, um, like, uh, doing things when, uh, uh, in the dead times, I changed my Twitter picture to the Taco Cat picture. As we were speaking <laughs> there, so, um, yeah, I guess that's called. Um, I'm having a real hard time talking here. What's that called, Dan? When you, you do more than one thing at once, that's called multitasking. Multitasking. That's what it is. Anything with more than one syllable, I think I'm going to struggle on uh, this episode. So lucky, <laughs> the associate co-host is here um, to to uh, lift me up. All right, let's uh, let's get started on this card. Uh, the card we are dancing around uh, speaking of is, of course, UFC 263, Adesanya versus Vittori 2. It went down in the 
I didn't. Did they say Gila? I didn't notice how they pronounced it. I think it's the Gila Arena. Yeah, okay, we were right. Which Gila. I think, well, you were right. I I just chose not to say anything. <laughs> Gila should have two L's though, if you ask me. This has one L. It should be Gila, but whatever. Gila. Um, attendance seventeen thousand two hundred and eight. About eight of them had masks on. I think it's and they were people at work for the. Uh, I think for the athletic commission, probably because they were told they had to wear masks. Um, I think that was it. So I assume the rest of them were vaccinated or the pandemic's over in the States. It's not up here in Canada, but is it over in the States, Dan? I, I, I'm going to say no. In Arizona, maybe it is? <laughs> Arizona probably never had one, according to That's uh... true. <laughs> All right. So anyhow, um, Packed House, uh, they broke the record for the gate. There are two, I believe. I saw it was 4,200. Uh, dollars. Uh, people are dying to spend their money that they've been having to sit at home with. So people, people's uh, mattresses in their bedrooms must be like overflowing with money because that's where everyone keeps their money, right? Under their mattress. Of that's course, the way it works, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course. I just want to make sure that works away in the in the states too. So yes. And as Dan said, yes, it did break the record for most decisions on a card with eleven, and it did break the record for the longest amount of fight time. It was three hours and nineteen minutes of fight time, but. How long was the actual show? It started at, what, 6? Yeah, and it, right? was, it wasn't over until, like, 1 a.m. Yeah, that's – that's. I don't get why they think they have to make it so long always. Like, no other sport does that. Like, well, you get, like I, I think the thing is – Even baseball it, doesn't. It, it feels like it's long to us because we're degens and we watch every single fight. And yeah. We're betting on every single fight and that kind of feeling. Yeah. But, like – the the average fan, the person who doesn't want five hours of MMA, like like yes. or seven seven hours, was it seven yeah. hours? Seven yeah, hours of the, MMA this week. That's where they uh, tend to be though when they're this yeah this many fights. Yeah, yeah, and and when they're pay per view too because they space them out yes. and they make them later yes. and stuff like that. But the, so we're gonna watch no matter what. They know we're gonna watch no matter what. Yeah, and they're just catering to the fan who's gonna watch two or three fights only at the end of the night and at yeah you know, West Coast times because they're in Vegas and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think I'm veering into old man yells at cloud uh, <laughs> here too. So we probably should just get into the card. Um, I should be upbeat because um, let's start with that. We killed it. So hopefully all y'all, y'all out there um, tagged along with our picks because I went nine and five. Dan went 10 and four um, Dan made 580 bucks because he bet 100 bucks in every fight. Now, that's American money too, isn't it? So that's even more up here, Dan. That's like another <laughs> 20%. That's like another 160 bucks up here. Fantastic. Uh, I made 250, which is fine. I'll, I'll take my 250. Um, the bad news, I whiffed on my lock, which is not good. It was uh, the Beast and Figueredo. I don't mind though. Uh, I've always liked Brandon Moreno, so I don't mind really whiffing on that one, but I'm kind of starting to struggle with my locks after like being perfect for so long. I'm nine and four now on my locks. I'm still up 132 bucks about 10%. Um, Dan did not whiff. Dan doesn't miss. He nailed his lock, which was your lock was, uh, Steven, Peterson. Steven Peterson? Oh, yeah. Joe. Steven Peterson. Um, so down now Dan's at six and seven. He's down 300 bucks. <laughs> um, so overall, as I echo in my ears here, do I sound okay to you, Dan? I sound all echoey to me. No, you sound fine here. <laughs> all right, cool. I, I sound as good as I'm going to sound. All right. Um, overall, for the year, uh, I'm 123.99, 55%. Dan is close on my heels, 119 and 103, 54%. So you are right there. Actually, 
uh, we're doing all right, right around the mid fifties. I'd like to be in the sixties, but I I think that's just uh, um that's just a pipe dream possibly because I guess that when I've seen other quote unquote experts pick uh, like every baseball game or every basketball game or whatever, they you know uh, they're right. They're happy if they're above five hundred. So we shall be happy. Uh, Dan is up like a thousand bucks on me now though, which is rough. And in Canada, that's like twelve hundred bucks. So that's, <laughs> that's even rougher. So, all right. Um, so, like I said, I hope you guys tagged along with at least some of our picks. The night started off rough. We lost our first two, and then it, we I went on a what seven fights in a row, and you did eight in a row, I think. Correct. Yeah. Something yeah. Like that. yeah. Uh, including dogs. Dan had four dogs in there. I had three, so that was fantastic. And then we kind of whiffed in the, uh, or I whiffed in, on the main card. I was like three and five in the main car which isn't so hot you were three and two so anyhow uh, we, we always claim that we're better on prelims and i guess we kind of were last night so all right now i'm actually going to finally know should i talk about the card now no let's talk about roman <laughs> look no one's perfect we were close last weekend but no we weren't perfect even the best baseball players strike out with bases loaded the best golfer sometimes three putt with the tournament on the line so if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes it's perfectly okay but if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet, so getting started is simple. The part I always messed up, I did it again. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoma.com slash SGP now to get 15 bucks off your first month. That's American money, too. Uh, look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoma.com slash SGP. Get started now and save $15 in your first month of treatment. And before you know it, you will be hitting GoGo Plata's again. Correct? Correct. Okay. In, I used to be I would drag out the introduction to you, and now I'm dragging out breaking down the fight card. But all right, fine. Let's let's break down the fight card. It was it was we were kind of negative about how long the stuff was, but it did it was um, memorable to say the least. Main event went in the way I guess we pretty much predicted it. Um, I think we both well, we both had Adesanya winning. I think we both kind of figured it was going to be a decision. I don't think we went, came right out and said it though, did we? Um, no, I, I thought he he had a possibility to finish him. But, yeah, but it, possibly, it, it yeah. went like I mean, like mostly how we thought it was going to go. Yeah. So angry, angry, angry Marvin. He doesn't get he's angry pretty much until he's in the cage. And then he's kind of like not like he's not a knockout guy. You would think a super angry guy like him would be like trying to take people's heads off, but he's that's really not his style. No, he wants to be a mauler. I think. I, yeah, I think, yeah. I think deep down, uh, Marvin Vittori thinks he's Habib. Mm. Uh, I, I think he thinks he fights like Habib, um, yeah. because he, like he looked like that against Kevin Holland, did he not? Like, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, like, I guess like if you feel like you fight that way, like that's cool. But like the counters in reversals from Israel Adesanya on the mat in this fight were wow, to eh? me were, were to me the most impressive thing, right? Like, yeah, we, no we knew he was going to piece him up on the feet. We knew he might stuff the majority of takedowns. We knew he might 
Well, we didn't know he might grab his ass, but he he did that too. And, <laughs> that, like, that was it's kind of predictable. Him <laughs> deucing someone's not really out of uh, out of character. I mean, it's it's more mild than what he did to Paulo Costa. I guess. Yes, so that's like, true. Yes, um, we can't say that. Mothers listen to this. We can't tell you what he did to Paulo Costa. Yeah, so. yeah, no, that that's that's not acceptable. But like, so <laughs> so a lot of it was predictable. But like, I didn't think on the few times that Vittori got him down, he would just like hip over and, like, bump sweep him in, until yep. he was in top position. And, and that's exactly what he did in some of those positions. And it was just an incredible uh, – I mean, I mean, like, a huge pat on the back to Israel Adesanya for what he can do on the ground. Because, like – I mean, like, that's what we say all the time about strikers in, in MMA, right? Like, well, they're great, but they just have to run into the guy who can get him on the ground and beat him up there. And, like – people who were picking Vittori in this fight were saying that he could do what Jan Blankovic did. And now we know that, like, that was probably size more than anything and the fact that Blankovic did some damage on the on the feet, too. But, like, once it got to the ground, I actually don't think Vittori was better than Idesanya there. No. Uh, yeah, uh, going back to Blankovic, he's got way more power striking, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. Vittori, like I said, I... I He's Vittori's one of those guys who I think of as as a knockout guy. There's a there's another guy too that I can't think of right now. But then you look at the record and you're like, oh, he has two knockouts. That's right. He's not, <laughs> not a knock. Not he's not a knockout guy at all. Um, but yeah, Blakovich is, is way stronger on the feet and he's obviously way bigger too. Too. But yeah, as for yeah, um, Izzy's ground game that that's um, and just him stuffing stuffing the takedowns too um, was fantastic. Nailing him with elbows as he was trying to take him down. Um, and then, obviously, my favorite thing that happens on every pay-per-view, um, when uh, Joe Rogan says that I, a submission is underneath the neck, uh, Izzy immediately <laughs> immediately somehow swept and got, like, mount. Or maybe, did he get mount? No, maybe it wasn't mount, but, but he swept and, and got on top right after Rogan said, it's under his neck, it's under his chin. It's Anytime uh, Rogan says a a uh, submission is sunk and then you know the guy's going to pop out at any second. So yeah, yeah, he um, wasn't he wasn't even close to that submission. <laughs> yeah, that was fantastic. So, but um, yeah, Adesanya is uh, it's got to be scary for the rest of the middleweight division. Seeing the way he fought last night, um, just obviously his striking was on point. He was ba- this basically was was the top challenger at this moment. You know, time and place and all that type of thing. Robert Whitaker is really the top top contender but um this was a top available contender we'll say and he just basically clown on him for the full 25 minutes yeah I, exactly like I, I think what you said hit the nail on the head like robert whitaker is the only guy i could see right now in that middleweight division giving izzy any kind of trouble it, it's almost a shame that he went up and fought yawn and like kind of took some of the luster off of what he is because like if he was just tearing through yeah. all of these middleweights right now like man like if if he goes out and beats the hell out of Whitaker again like what is what is left Brunson again like he could beat Brunson again he could beat Costa again he could beat Gastelum again like we're running out of people he could beat the hell out of again yeah it's true um yeah, he's he's gonna clean up the division pretty uh, damn quick. It, it's it, which it's is also, really strange. It's also one of those divisions that doesn't have like that young up and comer that you have a, like a nope. really good feeling about, right? Like like who's the? It's gonna be Shabazian, but 
Uh, it's not Shabazian anymore. Right, and like maybe Sean Strick, like maybe Sean Strick. He's not an up and comer though, but he's 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 coming, but he's and, he's not a youngster, right? And that, that's you could say the same thing about Uriah Hall, right? Like Uriah oh, Hall yeah, yeah. was like kind of the guy everybody thought was right there, and I don't know, like I'm I'm not like. I'm not singing Uriah Hall's praises and being like Uriah Hall is the next big guy because I I don't think he is. But, like, who else is in that division that, like, even we can start talking about? Brendan Allen, maybe. Brendan Allen bounced back pretty good last night, but he's still a ways away. Yeah, yeah, like him. Maybe – I would say this, too. I also, just now thinking about it, forgot about Andre Muniz, um, who just shattered uh, Jacare's Ray's arm. I think he's right. I think he's three and zero in the UFC. Yeah, he's three and zero. Um, yeah, uh, Mahmoud Muradov, I think is like two and zero or three and zero. But like again, those guys just don't feel like they're the guys. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. Izzy feels like he's just gonna be the middleweight champ until he decides to not be the middleweight champ anymore. Yeah, looking at the performance rankings, I run on MMA Dash Manifesto, which is it's all based on um, fighters' performance, who they beat. Uh, whether they finish them, and and then I give weight to their most recent fights. The top after this weekend, Adesanya's head and shoulders about everyone, and then Brunson actually is next. Um, Whitaker, uh, then we'll have Hall, Marvin Vittori, Jared Cannonier. Yeah, so there's not much to be excited about in, in top of the top of the division there, is there? No, no, not and really. Strickland. And and I actually think Brunson's grown a lot too in yep. that he's like falling back on his his wrestling, which I, I think is really important to um but like yeah, I, I like I, it's hard for me to look at an Ida Sonya fight and think anything other than Ida is gonna wax this guy. Yep. And yeah, not, not much else to be really. I think we have to say about the main event. It was, you know, other than was, other than. Hmm. Hang, I, I have one more thing. Vittori, yes. and, and we just have to just mention that this is a real thing that happened. Vittori legitimately thought oh, yes. he won that fight. That yes, is, that is so wild. That makes me so angry. I, I, I was like, is his hand up in the air when they're reading it out? I. I wasn't sure if I and, and Izzy saw was, that correctly. And Izzy was mocking him. He had, like, his fingers crossed and, like, looking over at him, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, he lost and, uh, 50 to 45. It was not even close. And when he heard but, when he heard 50 to 45, too, he looked confused, being like, oh, well, I definitely lost one round, so how is this possible? Because I clearly won the fight, but I, I, I definitely did lose one. No, dude, you lost all the rounds, and they... Like, one round was close. I thought about possibly giving the third to Vittori. But, like, dude, he got crushed in every round. Yeah, and I think, like, his corner base was trying to tell him that, and he wasn't, like, believing him. He was, like, asking. It's Rafael uh, Cordero. Cordero was, like, yeah, yeah, Rafael Cordero's not lying to anybody. That, that, that no. dude is, like, one of the most legit coaches. So, like, I, I'm sure he told him he was losing, and he just, like, was adamant that that performance was title-worthy. Yeah, that makes me. Yeah, he he's he's pretty unlikable. Uh, I think I'll have to say. I think I have to come right out and say it. He's not really that likable of a dude. I think Marvin we Vittori I think guy. we danced around it last time we talked. About <laughs> we him. did. But like, he's it, just very angry and not fun. There's something about him, and I've interviewed him a couple of times. He's been nothing but nice to me ever, and he's always like super courteous. But like, you're right. Like that between the the press the the, the interview with Michael Bisping was. I, I know I told you to go back and watch it. I'm not sure if you did. It's no, it's didn't. funny just for the purpose that like Bisping has no control, but like 
Vittori is so mad in it. And, like, it's not something that, like, I feel like you can rally around because he's just mad about nothing. Yeah, I like to see some of that in the cage other than just, like, trying this name, take a, take down against the fence the whole fight. <laughs> yeah. Maybe get maybe get a little a little more angry, reckless um, when when you see that it's actually not working. Um, you're you're not getting this guy down. He thinks it um, worked though. He thinks it worked. Oh, that's yeah, true. He won. I forgot he won. Yeah, there's a lot of people that lost but won. Uh, we have another one coming up. Um, this man did not lose. This man won. Uh, flyweight. We have a new champion, Brandon Moreno, the assassin. Comma baby is is what I'm <laughs> suggesting. His nick, nickname become because the assassin baby is kind of weak. But if you if you say it with the comma there, the assassin baby is much better. It's like you're 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 declaring that I am the assassin baby, and he was the assassin last night. Um, Davison Figueredo weight cutting basically um, reared his ugly head again and and struck. He was. Uh, not himself throughout fight week apparently, and uh, he barely made weight, and he did not look good in there last night. But and Moreno, it was basically it, it was it was both things. Moreno was uh, looked fantastic, and Figueroa looked looked not himself and horrible. I don't know that he looked terrible. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think while yes, I, I thought he was going to do the same thing they did in the last fight. I did think about it for quite a bit last night about. Is it that he was much worse, the weight cut went badly, or is it that this is what they would both look like on a full training camp? Because I, I think we, we forget to talk about the fact that they fought last week or last time on three weeks' notice, three weeks removed right. from their last fight, and they announced that they would fight the night they got done with their fights. Yeah, like, that's true. Yeah. And Brandon Moreno, not for anything – he fought Brandon Royval, which is is not an easy fight, and Davison Figueredo fought Joseph Benavidez, or no Alex Perez. I take that back. Alex Perez, and both of them won, and they turned around and fought again three weeks later. I'm wondering if this is just like this is what actual training camp fight between these two would look like. Because yeah, you're right. It could have been weight cut. But he didn't look notably slower. He didn't even have time to get tired. Like he was no. getting beat way before he was tired. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, Moreno just looked looks fantastic, which was um, good to see. The first Mexican champion in UFC history. Um, like I said, I've, I've always liked him. I didn't like it when he got cut. It was back when the UFC was uh, hell bent on getting rid of the flyweight division and. They were cutting everyone, and he got cut. But he had one fight in LFA, and then he got picked back up. And now look at him—he's he's king of the world, and he's driving in all the traffic to MMA Dash Manifesto today. So he, apparently, he's coming out as the the biggest star of last night because he's he's far and away uh, head and shoulders above everyone else traffic-wise. Like Adesanya and Nate Diaz combined are basically where Moreno's is for traffic for me today, if, for what that's worth. That's pretty impressive. Also, I would yeah. just say, so you mentioned that LFA fight, right? He fought for the LFA yeah. Flyweight Championship. I just wanted you to wrap your head around this because this is so crazy to me. That was two years ago. Yeah, it that was, was very – it's all been very quick. Almost to the day, that was two years ago. So, like, two years ago, this dude was not in the UFC, had recently been cut after being beat by Sergio Pettis and Alessandre Pantoja, it gets cut – fights for the LFA title, and two years later, the, the dude is not just the champ, 
but like a very impressive undisputed champ right now. Yep. Very, very true. Flyweight continues to be the best division, um, or one of the best divisions. Um, we love it. And I heard Shockwave, gentlemen, on your other podcast, act like he's Mr. Flyweight now, too. Is he? He, he was Mr. Figure. The- he was Mr. Figueredo. He was. Oh, All right. So. Yeah, he was. He said it, it like that Figueredo had gotten him excited about Flyweight. Right, and yeah. I was like, yes. Oof. <laughs> there's a there, there's, there's, oof. there's a Gumby oof like he, so, so, he was not so into flyweights for all that time he was into Figueredo yeah. and like as soon as he was into Figueredo boom he gets choked all right so now uh, Shockwave on Top Turtle is going to be calling for the flyweight division to be be scrapped you once can't again, you so. can't now it's as hot as ever and I will say this no too you, you're right he's a super exciting champion. He checks the box of being from a country that's never had a champion before. But I will also yep. say this. There are lots of fun contenders for him right now. That's what I was going to head into next. Uh, first of all, Figueredo, is he going to stick a flyweight, you think? I actually think he's going to leave. Um, yeah. You know, like, both the weight cuts and the fact that, like, he won this title. Right? Like, right. And he beat Benavidez twice, and he drew with Moreno, like – where's the incentive to come back to it? Like, yep. you know, having fights with, with Peter Jan and, and, you know, Corey Sanhagen and not to mention like Bantamweight also just has like guys who are, you know, kind of left the division already or like, yeah. you know, like yeah. guys on the way out that he could like, you know, get big paydays over, you know, like right. Dominic Cruz, he could go fight Dominic Cruz. He could fight Uriah Faber, who's probably still kicking around. He could fight Cody Garbrand. And, like, those are, like, he could fight TJ Dillashaw probably at some point. Those are guys he could, like, build more of his name off of and stuff like that. So, like, I think that makes more sense for him. Um, So, I I think move him up a weight class, see what he does there. Because, you know, hey, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe the weight cut did kill him, but uh, ultimately it it won't hurt to go up. I'm pretty sure of that. Yep. Um, all right. So Moreno, Oscar Oscarov, is he next up? He's next up in my rankings. Um, and his name I, I hear out there is he, and he's three and in the UFC. You think he's next in line here? Well, he's three zero and one in the UFC. Right. That's one right. Draw, yeah. And that one draw is Brandon Moreno. So uh, uh, I I think it makes a lot of sense both narratively and uh, where they are in their division. Askarov coming off of. Uh, did he just beat Benavidez? Am I remembering that right? He he like took mm-hmm. it to Benavidez, if I'm not mistaken. Get the intern on uh, it. Yeah, easy easy decision over Benavidez. He beat Pantoja. He beat Tim Elliott. So like his his career in the UFC has pretty much just been uh, a draw with Moreno in beating killer savages. So uh, savage killers. Yeah, I, I think Askarov makes the most sense. Um, I'm I'm not ready. I, I don't want to see Figueredo three yet. If no. he does decide to stay down, like that was pretty one sided. So even if Figueredo stays down, like let Figueredo go fight, like I don't know, Brandon Royval, let him go fight, you know, somebody like that, and, and see what happens. But um, yeah, um, I, I go Askar Askarov versus Brandon Moreno, and I'd be excited to watch it. I, I bet you'd be a killer fight. The only issue is Askarov was 127 pounds at the, his last fight. He did not make weight. So that's two pounds over for a title fight. So that would be a bit of an issue. Um, but, yeah, there really – there's no one else really. I'm uh, looking the rankings. There's really no one else. 
Pantoja is on uh, won his last fight. Like really, all the, the top guys have not won their last fight. David Dvorak's won three straight, but he's well below Askarov. Yeah, um, I'd kind of like to see, and I know we're probably a fight away from it, but and I've mentioned the name seven different times already. I'd like to see Brandon Marino fight Brandon Royval again. I know he's he's coming off of a win over him, and like the immediate rematch doesn't make sense, but he's also coming off of a win where he got a stoppage with one second left in the round because Brandon Royval's shoulder happened to fall out of joint as he fell to the ground. Um, like, and not that you want to take that win away from Brandon Moreno, because like you know he was looking he was looking good in that. He definitely won the first round, but like Royval is also a guy who like who sticks around in fights and gets, like, finishes later. You know, like, he, he submitted Tim Elliott in the second. He submitted Kaikara France in the second. And he was about to go to the second with Brandon Moreno when his shoulder came out. Uh, so, like, I, I'm, I, I'd like to see that fight again, and we might be a fight away from there. But, like, give Masker Askarov, uh, and then while we wait for that, get Moreno, or get uh, Roy Vall another win to get him in there. And if you like things falling out of joint, you just wait. We we got some fun for you, you know, coming up in a couple a couple of fights. So, um, before we move on, let, let's tell you about Prop Swap. Well, I got it in front of me here. We're brought to you by Prop Swap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other betters like yourself. See a ticket you like, but think the price is too high. Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, and then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Recently, a PropSwap customer purchased the Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup future for 45 bucks when the team was down 3-1 against Maple Leafs, and then a few days later, he flipped it for $600. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Just think like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. All right. Um, I alluded to earlier, um, some people can't help but win even when they lose, and that would be Mr. Nate Diaz. Um, it, it's very predictable that he lost the fight, and it's also very predictable that he is considered the winner by the Nate uh, the Diaz Nation, Diaz Army, and in his own eyes. So, but he kind of has. Usually, it's just him claiming he got robbed, either by like uh, early stoppage or the judges or something like that. But um, his new beef is he got robbed by the clock because if this was a six-round fight, he would have won it, and if this was a real fight in the streets, he would have won it. But um, in actuality, Leon Edwards won forty-nine forty-six in a fight that shouldn't even have been five-round fight. It was a it should have been a three-round fight, but they made it five rounds because uh, that would uh, benefit Diaz and boy did it benefit him because he had Edwards on skates in the uh, final frame of this um, fight, almost had him finished, but but he didn't uh, finish him. Edwards um, snake bitten once again. He basically dominated this fight um, as we as we predicted and had Diaz bleeding from numerous. New uh, holes in his body, which which uh, Edwards created for him. Um, and despite all this, um, beating the biggest name ever, um, you know, quieting the crowd, all this stuff, he's coming out of this looking like the loser because he almost got knocked out in, in the last in the last frame of the fight. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like, he he put up the great performance together, did he not? Like, yep. I didn't I, I didn't watch that and think like, man, Leon Edwards sucks. But it's going to be a really hard sell to say he deserves the title shot next. 
Because, like, if you watch Nate Diaz jack somebody up like that in the fifth round, like, what the hell is Kamara Usman going to do to you? And and yeah. I, know it, I know it's not, like, great to, like, talk about, like, oh, well, you got no chance against the champion, so why book it, right? Like, that's always the feeling we have, right? Like, the champ is always yeah. the champ, and they're the champ for a reason, and it makes you feel like the other people don't stand a chance, right? Like, we'd never book Amanda Nunes if we only booked her with people we thought had a chance, right? Like, so... Uh, I say he probably deserves it because he put a great performance together. But, man, that fifth round could really cook his chances, could it not? Yeah, this is this is typical Leon Edwards, too, isn't it? Uh, he always, always getting upstaged, um, whether it's um, Masvidal beating him up backstage uh, or it's sitting, you know, trying to sit on the sidelines and, and get himself a better position. That didn't work either, like, uh, or poking someone in. He gets a gets a main event fight and ends up poking someone's eyeball out. Uh, it's yeah, always, um, always something it seems to be going on with this guy. Um, so it, it seems like, uh, Colby chaos Covington is going to get the next fight against Usman. And then if Stephen Thompson makes a, puts a good performance, uh, against Gilbert Burns in a couple of weeks at the next pay-per-view, I could see him be next in line ahead of Edwards also. Yeah, I actually think, to be completely honest with you, I, I think the reason the UFC hasn't announced uh, who is fighting next was because, you know, they keep hinting that it's Colby, but they yeah. keep not signing Colby because they don't really want to give it to Colby because, A, he he's no longer got his shtick. He doesn't sell well. He's not particularly fun to watch, with the exception right. of the, the other time he fought uh, Kamar Usman. That, that was pretty much their only entertaining fight. So I think deep down they were like, well, if Leon Edwards goes out there and crushes Nate Diaz violently, we give it to Leon. And if he Which doesn't, he did, basically, <laughs> well, but not violently, not violently. If he, if, <laughs> yeah. if he goes out and beats him, that's nice. But if he goes out and beats him violently, we give him a title shot. And he didn't yeah. do that. And then I think that's their true. backup plan to that was, well, if Wonder Boy goes out there and kicks Gilbert Burns' head into the second row of the stands, we'll give it to Wonder Boy. And if both of those plans fail, ah, Cubby, Colby's still here, and we'll give him really shit pay and, and let him fight Usman again. Yeah, no, it, it sounds good. No, there's no re- really, there's no reason for them to announce uh, anything. Um, it's I, I would, if I was in their situation, I wouldn't announce anything either. You know, um, you, you want to keep all your balls in play here, um, and there's, it's not like, um. Not like Usman needs a fight immediately, so they can they can kind of let these things play out. So, and as as for Diaz, like I said, he win win or lose, it doesn't make a difference for him. He's still gonna stay as popular as he's ever been, and and him, you know, he looked horrendous last night. He looked he's just all posturing now, uh, no um, all sizzle, no steak, basically. Um, but then he somehow. Uh, got Edwards on skates which is ba- other than him just winning that's basically the best outcome that, that could have could have occurred uh, for him because now he can claim that he won and and people are going to want to watch him fight even more so um, give him Mouse but I'll give him Connor I, I don't care but you know um, as long as he's not in in the title picture they can keep throwing him out there because he despite getting destroyed he, he had the what a few seconds of of uh of, of brilliance there that um, that's all that people need. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, you mentioned the Connor fight. I, I think this, this along with a Dustin Poirier win in July, 
really clearly sets up the trilogy, right? Like you, yep. you did, you did everything yep. you needed to to entice people to feel like that trilogy is viable. Yep. See, he basically saved his his career as a as a viable um, viable fighter by by um, landing a couple shots in in the fifth round because the rest of the fight was not not um, good or compelling or competitive whatsoever for him on his pen. So. Um, same with the next fight, basically. Uh, welterweights. Uh, Bilal, remember the name Muhammad? Got, I, you probably would say this is the biggest win of his career over Damian Maya. Uh, Maya was trying for single legs the whole fight. He got him down once. Uh, and that was it. Um, and Muhammad looked kind of frightened when he did get him down. I don't know if that's just his, his normal facial expression, but, but he didn't look very, um, very happy about that situation. But I don't know. There's not really much to say about this fight. Um, sounds like this is it for Maya. Unfortunately, that was the last fight in his contract. And Dana White, he said that's probably the end of, end of him in the UFC. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like, I mean, he's, he's older now. All of his losses have come previously to, you know, it's part of the reason why I attempted to bet him in this one is that, like, all of his losses have come to big guys who could stuff his wrestling. You know, Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, Tyrone Woodley. This is the first time he kind of lost to a guy who you don't think of as being, like, a phenomenal wrestler. It, it It's kind of – the writing's kind of on the wall. If he's not getting the Bilal Muhammad's of the division down in grappling him, he, he ain't beating anybody on the feet. So if he's not getting those guys down, like – the, the writings of the wall. He's he's barely a top fifteen guy anymore, and it's sad to say, but like, yeah, it's time. Yeah, fantastic career. Uh, one of my one of my favorites, uh, class guy, and yeah, thanks for the memories. Basically, <laughs> you're you're out the door now, but you know, nothing to hang hang sad about. Plus, he's he's forty three, so he's he's had uh, a super long career. Um, then the fun opener, light heavyweights, Paul Craig. Um, I picked Jamal Hill to knock him out. That didn't happen. Um, the other option would have been Paul Craig by submission, and that did happen. Um, <laughs> Paul Craig was destroying Jamal Hill's arm even before he, he had the uh, submission armbar locked in. Then he locked it in, dislocated uh, Jamal Hill's arm. The ref seemed to not care or notice that his arm was flopping around like his name's Gumby and let the fight continue. The it, the whole thing lasted less than two minutes, but it, it seemed a lot longer than that when, when the guy with the clearly everyone thought it was broken, but it was just a dislocated. That doesn't sound fun either. Dislocated arm was flopping around and he was getting destroyed while he was trapped in a, in a triangle basically. Um, but Paul Craig's a killer, man. He's a savage. Yeah. And what were the odds on Paul Craig? Just so we there, have Dan got super good odds on that. He had like what minus, which is pretty crazy actually. Yeah, Fantastic. yeah. It, it seems crazy in retrospect, but it, it seemed crazy at the time for me too. Because yeah, I, I agreed it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, like those odds are nuts. And in addition to that, like, I mean, Paul Craig did what Paul Craig seems to be doing lately, and that's yep. force people to grapple with him, and and it's just a terrible idea. I will say this: I, I did think his offensive wrestling was going to be better than it was, and when it failed, I, I'm glad he wound up pulling guard basically and and working right. from there. But like. It is a little alarming for wherever he is going in the future that that's how he chose to get to the ground because that won't work against uh like the top guys in the division for him. Right. Well, speaking of, let's look at my rankings now because Craig is he's got well one two three four four straight wins five of six so that's vaulting him up the rankings. We got Blackovitz. 
We've got the next, uh, Glover Teixeira is next in line, and he's actually getting the title shot. And then we got Anthony Smith. Then we have Alexander Rakich. And then we've got Paul Craig, um, one point ahead of Johnny Walker. So he basically is virtually tied with Johnny Walker. So um, who do you see him fighting next, or who, that, who would you like to see him fight that, next? That was actually the name I was going to say. I was going to say Johnny Walker. Like there, it, to there me, you go. To me, it makes all the sense of the world. Both guys um, kind of in a similar position in the division where they've lost to some guys they shouldn't. They've beaten some guys they shouldn't. And uh, both of them are opportunists. Um, you know, like they could look so bad at some times and still be able to beat you. Um, I mean, we saw that with with Paul Craig beating Magomed Ankalaev, right? Like he was getting out grappled for 14 minutes and 59 seconds before he slapped on a triangle choke. I, I mean, we've seen that with Johnny Walker. Seemingly every single time he wins a fight, he's getting beat up before he lands the knockout blow. So I actually think that they're perfect to pair one against the other. There you go. And for Jamal Hill, we'll just say this is too much too soon for him. Probably just the quote-unquote prospect loss and hopefully he's not seriously injured and he can get back in there fairly soon yeah i i don't know that it was too much either i think it was just bad style matchup right like i, I think yeah, he true, could yeah. beat somebody that level right like he could be yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised to watch jamal hill beat ryan span i wouldn't be surprised to watch jamal hill beat the, the aforementioned johnny walker i i could see jamal hill beating up uh Misha Serkinov, if he still belongs to the UFC, like all of those guys he could be, and they're all right around Paul Craig's level. It's just that yep. the, the, the stylistic matchup was really bad for him in this one. Yeah, very true. So the two uh, submissions on the, uh, the main pay-per-view portion got the performance of the night bonuses. So Moreno and Craig got an extra 50. And that, that's malarkey. Grand. Let let me complain about that. Malarkey. Let, oh my let gosh. Me, let me complain Jamie about Flarkey? that. Jamie Jay, that's Jamie Malarkey. <laughs> we should start saying that. That's good. Um, but no, that's that can, we can say that's Jamie Malarkey. Can we just talk for a second again about how we gave Let's jump ahead. Gave gave two submission bonuses, which by the way, I love submissions. Yeah. Rear naked choke is a great submission. How the hell does Brandon Moreno win performance of the night when we have a dude who knocked a guy out in seven seconds with a gnarly one two? Yeah, Terrence McKinney, who was a we got him at plus 220, I think, when we recorded. Um, we both jumped in his bandwagon. Um, a week's notice from his last fight, which was outside of the UFC, this was his debut, destroyed Matt, Pr- Matt Pr- Frivola and then destroyed his own knee jumping off the cage. He claims he's okay, but uh, we've seen, like the aforementioned Johnny Walker, destroy his knee doing silly things after he won. So, yeah, and his shoulder he, he once. And his shoulder once. Yes. Yeah, he could have, and plus he probably was making 10 and 10 and plus – Four thousand for the uh, outfitting, so he probably made twenty four grand. So he could have used another fifty grand, I'm sure. Yeah, that, and that's that's always my thing with the bonuses too, right? Like, yeah. If all things are considered are tied, why not give it to a, a Terrence McKinney instead of a Brandon Moreno? Not that Brandon Moreno wouldn't love the f- extra fifty k, but like, god damn, like that that's life changing money to Terrence McKinney right now, and his finish was better. Yeah. Plus, you uh, this is probably a. a something for another day but UFC doesn't get it like the more they pay their athletes the better performances you're going to get from them because they can afford to either quit their quit their full-time or part-time hustles or they can 
pay for better coaching, better training, better food, all, all this type of stuff. So the more money they put out, the, the better stuff they're going to get. So like I'm sure a Terrence McKinney is going to get you, give you uh, even better performance if possible, uh, if that's even possible in, in his next time in the cage, if he's got extra 50,000 bucks in, in the bank. Yeah, I, I would think so. And, and by yeah. the way, very impressive. He is now four and zero in twenty twenty one. Yes, and yes, and he spent less than two minutes in a cage. No, that's the thing. Hopefully, he's not injured because he could get right back in there again. He, he could play eight exactly. times this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Um, speaking of bonuses, the main event of the prelims got the fight of the night bonus, which was I think this one was pretty much a no brainer. Uh, Brad Riddell, Drew Dober, they. Had a slobber knocker that which Riddell won despite looking worse for the worse for wear. So we nailed another underdog with that pick. That was a, a quality scrap. And Riddell is what four zero now in the UFC. So onward and upward for him. It was a good night for City Kickboxing. Yeah, it, it was a great night for him. And and I thought he looked exceptional in this fight, with the exception of the first round. He he did look pretty bad and on skates in the first round, but. I was also really impressed that he chose to wrestle because I think when we broke this fight down, we we said Dober's got to mix in his wrestling a little bit, and and it was actually Riddell who did that. Yep, yep. Uh, we got Anders versus Stewart correct, but that was a ugh, it was a dot of a fight. It was like one of those uh, you light the firework and it never went off. So um, yeah, that was that wasn't a fun one. I don't think we really have much to say about that. I've got nothing Dan's... to say about that other than nope, I, exactly. I, so... I expected finish early and didn't get it. I was thinking, can we cut both those guys from the UFC, or do we have to keep them in there? But yeah, it it seemed like a waste of a uh, waste of a fight there. Uh, Dan's um, secret girlfriend, Laura Murphy, got uh, the biggest win of her career. Uh, controversial split decision over Joanne Calderwood, um, but I'm I'm glad she won because I picked her too. And you think she's probably would be is the next person to be sacrificed to Valentina Shevchenko, um, and then to be destroyed and to head back to the back of the line again. Yeah, so I, I got to ask you. So it was a split yes. decision, and we're saying controversial. It, did, you, did you think it was controversial? Uh, I, I thought it was close. It, it, I, maybe not controversial. It was uh, maybe contested is, is a better word. I, I don't think anyone got robbed or anything like that. No, but, no, yeah. Um, I thought I thought really if if there was any other decision other than the one we saw, I, I actually wouldn't have been bummed with a draw because I, I thought Warren yeah. Murphy won that second round ten eight pretty clearly. Um, she beat yeah. the hell out of her, and she none of, none of the judges saw it that way. Um, yeah, I also no, I also gave her the first, but but like I could see first and third for Calderwood, but but I, I definitely gave her ten eight in the second. Yeah, um, yeah, she, she looked good in, in all all aspects. Like she's very very well rounded uh, at this point in her career. So looking at women's flyweight, my rankings: Shevchenko head and shoulders above all. Jessica Andrade is next, but she just fought. For the belt, Caitlin Chukagian is next, and she's already fought for it and lost. Macy Barber is next, but she's, that's basically based on her first three fights in the UFC. Uh, she's dropped two straight. Um, and then we have Lauren Murphy. So, yeah, uh, I think that's probably, that's what, five straight wins for her. So I think uh, they, they wouldn't commit on her being next, but I don't see any other fight at this point that makes that makes sense, timing-wise and, and um, the, the uh, strength of of uh, any other fighter's resume. No, I, I, I think it's got to be her. I, I think yep. she, she's pretty damn close already, and, and this has got to do it. Yep. Um, 
Mafsar Avalev uh, won, as we predicted, over Hakeem Dewadu. We just faded the Canadians' work last night. We faded Dewadu. We faded Alexis Davis, and they both both lost. So uh, Mafsar Avalev and Penny Kayanzad won us some money, which we appreciate. But they were both uh, decisions, of course, because every fight was basically a decision last night. Yeah, and I think for this one, too, we could break down these two fights at the same time. We, we said the bigger, stronger fighters were Ed Loeb and, and Kian Zad, and yep. that they would dictate where the fight went. They both did, yep. and it was good enough for the decision. There you go. That is that is a Twitter-length um, breakdown right there for you. Uh, 140 characters or less. Uh, McKinney knocked out Frivola, which was very nice, like we said. Um, Stephen Ocho-Peterson, who we picked, came in quite overweight. Um, 148 and a half uh, for 146 uh, limit fight over Chase Super. Um, I don't like watching Chase Super get beat up. It's, he still looks. He's, I know he's 21 and everything, and he he knows what he's doing in there. But it, it's just it's not a good look. Uh, him him getting destroyed by someone who seems way bigger and stronger and and older and meaner than he is. Yeah, I I think he looked good though for for everybody out there on Twitter and wherever claiming that like it's time for him to go away and he needs to go back to the regional scene. Like the dude is two and two in the UFC, right? And he also yeah. threatened a lot of submissions on on Steven Peterson, and there were some times where I thought he was gonna win that fight. So I mean, I think we're maybe a little bit premature in saying that he needs to go to the regional scene. I might put him against somebody a little easier in in who has a little bit worse grappling, but like, right. I mean, like he 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 belongs in the UFC and just give him time to grow. Yeah, he he was he was in the fight basically the whole time. He he never was. Um, never was vastly outmatched or anything like that uh, by any means. It's just the the optics of it. <laughs> he's he's a skinny, young looking dude with you know with with uh, big curly hair. Um, but he didn't really come out of it worse for wear or, or beat up uh, too badly or anything like that. So, uh, um, first I am uh, wrecked our Luigi Vendramini pick. He won a uh, majority decision. And then Carlos Felipe won the big boy battle, split decision over Jake Collier. But I'm not going to uh, argue that split decision. I, I think uh, Felipe won that fight, so I'm not going to. Oh, I'm not going to claim. I not disagree with you on that one. Oh, I, good. I disagree with you, you on go. that one. I think Collier. I, I think pretty much the the narrative of the uh, announcers continuously being like, oh, I don't know, Felipe's jacking him up. He's moving forward. He did move forward the whole fight. He didn't land more. Like J- Jake Collier landed more in literally every exchange. Anytime right. Collier, or, uh, Felipe moved forward, he'd throw one punch and get hit with three. Like, even if you look at this, the totals, which I don't love doing, but, like, if you look at the totals, Collier landed more all the time. Yeah. And it's not like Probably. there was some grappling in the event either. Like, it, it was all striking. Yep. And strange, Carlos Felipe, All he's a heavyweight. He's like right at the tippy top of the heavyweights at the very, very end of the heavyweight scale who eight no heading into the UFC, six of them via knockouts. Uh, he's had nothing but decisions in the UFC. He lost a decision uh, and then he's won three straight decisions. This is very strange for a huge heavyweight who 
coming in was known as a knockout guy. He gets nothing but decisions. This is very, very strange. Something, someone could have made a lot of money off of their betting decision on him early, early on in his, in his UFC career. Well, I can tell you why that happened. Just take a quick peek sometime if, if you get yeah, a chance at the records of the dudes he fought in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. 0-2, 1-1, 0-2, 0-0, 0-0, 5-0, and 2-0, which is pretty decent, and then 0-2. Like, and, the, and these are not, not big, the, bigger Brazilian um, promotions either. No, um, no he's fighting, not even yeah. a jungle fight or anything like no, that. Yeah. No. And, and some of them are old too. Like the last guy he beat was like 37 and was on a two fight losing streak or something. So like, yeah, like, uh, he's knocking people out who are easy to knock out. And now it's yep. up against guys who aren't. Yep. So, yeah. That's probably it. But, but still um, you would think he would, get knocked out or he would knock someone out at some point in, in four fights. Cause that's, it's heavyweights. That's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Usually the heavyweights <laughs> are swinging and banging and, and he, exactly. he doesn't really though. That's the other thing though, is like he yeah. moves forward and he's like cool with like a pitter pattery yeah. type fight. Yeah. Oh, I, I know what I was going to say about the Vedramini fight. I skipped right over cause I was mad that we lost. It made it even worse that the announcers were all over first. I am's jock the whole the whole fight, singing his praises. That that made me even angrier as as we were losing that bet. Yeah, and I, I that that's another one that I thought was pretty darn close to being a draw. Um, well, one one judge agreed with you, yeah. Yeah, because because Vendramini beat the hell out of him in that round. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, maybe like that that wouldn't have made me feel much better. But like Vendramini. I feel like he's ultimately, at the end of the day, a better fighter than Ferris Zayn is. Whether or not uh, he gets the win this time doesn't really matter to me. I'm way higher on Vendramini's career than I am on Zayn's. Yeah, well, you're not. Uh, Joe Rogan and DePaul Felder definitely are in the other camp because they were crazy. Yeah, they, about, they were uh, very <laughs> excited about his performance for some reason. They sure were. You know what I'm excited about, uh, other than our awesome performances? I'm excited about the SGPN app. Yes, we have our own app now. If if you guys and gals haven't heard, the SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is an exclusive way to enter all the SGPN contests including our SGPM $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just download the app and hit the contest tab for your chance to take home 1000 bucks. And I think it's like Monday, as in tomorrow, or maybe the day you're listening to this, um, is the deadline for that contest. So get the app downloaded and get in the contest. Uh, and don't forget to toss an app review and download the SGPN app today. It's a very good app. You will get notifications every time a podcast drops, including our own. So, um all right. Uh, it was a very let's, – let's, let's see what Dan's been doing over the past few days. It was a very busy day for um, – very busy weekend, rather, for uh, for fights. Did you watch PFL, Dan, on Thursday night? I did watch a little bit of PFL. I, oh, I didn't, wasn't able to catch all of it, but I did want to tune in and watch uh, Clarissa Shields' fight because, you know, that was kind of the – the big name fight coming on there. Right. So I, I watched yeah. her fight. I, I watched a couple of various other ones in there. Uh, I turned into the tuned into the main event of Bellator as well as I, I tuned in to watch Nick Newell fight too because he's a local guy. He's actually refed a couple of my jujitsu matches. Um, oh yeah. And he's he's a super nice dude too. So I tuned in to watch him ultimately get beat, which is kind of a, a sad one, but. Uh, those are that's that's pretty much the the majority of what I watched. I, I didn't get all of those cards in this week in my typical fashion, but I did get both of them in in small doses. 
So how did Shields look? I looked. Uh, I heard she. For those who don't know, she was what two-time Olympic gold medalist boxer and a multiple box multiple different championships in women's boxing. I I heard she basically was on her back forced to wrestle most of the time, which maybe it was her plan to to test her wrestling out, and then she ended up getting a, a ground and pound win in the final frame. How, how did that fight go, or how did she look in your eyes? I, I, I come out thinking she looked great because she, she fought yeah. a grappler and dealt with that adversity. She wasn't subbed by Brittany Alkins, who's pretty a pretty damn good grappler. She's on those fight-to-win shows all the time. I'm pretty sure I've seen her on uh, who's number one. So, like, she, she like, fights on big-name grappling cards. So... For for Shields to even survive if it did go to the ground is already a feather in her cap. There there were times where I looked and saw Clarissa Shields dropping her hips really well to to kind of sprawl out on it or to prevent a sweep or stuff like that. Even when like right before she got the finish, Elkin looked like she was looking for a sweep and and Shields dropped her hips and flattened her out and dropped some bombs. So, like, you know, I, I think it very much looked like an O and O fighter in there against somebody who has some grappling chops, but is the right stepping stone for the O and O fighter to build on. So, uh, I, I think I have positive feelings about Clarissa Shields. Anybody claiming that she should get in there and invite Kayla Harrison anytime soon is crazy. I think she's got no. a lot of work to do before that, but... Um, she, she's certainly doing well and on the right path, I would say. Right. And did you see the Bellator main event? Did, uh, did you see Douglas Lima lose his belt? Yeah. Amosov is a absolute beast. And, and you know, the funny thing yep. is he's another one of those ones who I, and you know, usually I lean with the guy who I think can wrestle better. And in this one, right. I was just like, he, he can wrestle better. But I don't know if he can get Lima down enough to win. Can he get Lima down enough? Man, he he steamrolled him uh, pretty much at will. So yeah, um, sort of surprising. Not terribly exciting, but uh, Amosov is a, a guy to beat now, I guess. And that's what two straight losses for Lima, right? Because he was oh yeah, up to he went up to middleweight. middleweight. Yeah, yeah, he he yeah. he did what uh what Idesanya luckily avoided. Yes, exactly. Yes. Um, did you watch Invicta? They had their atom weight, atom weight tournament. Did you watch that also? I caught highlights of that. Um, because <laughs> oh, I, is that all? Really? I, I will say because... that I like I like the idea of a tournament, but I don't like the one-round format of it. Yeah. Um, mostly yeah. just because, like, th- that means you're going to get a winner in that one round, no matter what. There's never going to be a bonus round. So, like, uh, Polina Granados lost 10-9, 10-9, 9-10, and like, I mean, like, if it's a close round, like, I, I want to see more than that. So it, it like upsets me. The right fighter won the tournament. So like, I, I mean, like, ultimately, I'm fine with that. Even though I like, uh, uh, what's her name, Lindsay Van Zant was was in the main event. E- even though I like Lindsay Van Zant, I've actually interviewed her a couple of times too. She's really super nice. Um, and I would have liked to seen her win it. Like. Ultimately, the right fighter won it, and she's getting the rematch she deserved. That that's Jessica Delboni, by the way. I don't know if I've even said her name. Jessica Delboni, um, who I, I mean, should have been the rightful number one contender. She actually should be the champ. I, I think she beat Ashley Zavitella, um in her their last fight, which went to a split decision. So um, good on her for for getting that title shot again. And um, yeah, I, so I, I I guess the the long answer is. 
I watched less MMA this weekend than usual. I don't know. I don't know. We just named three additional events. But that, I, but that I just watched them in pieces. Usually I'd watch all of them in, in total. <laughs> so did you watch any other MMA, Dan? Regional, any strange place, strange Russian, regional, <laughs> Siberian uh, MMA no, I, uh, amateur events? I think, I think I was off MMA other than that. My God, what were you doing for kind yeah, of uh, spending time with your your family? I spent time got with my family. You? I watched some That's baseball, and yeah, it's crazy. Boy, crazy. All right. Um, so we're gonna have another fight card to break down for you. Uh, uh, episode forty-seven. We've got UFC and ESPN. The Korean Zombie versus Ige is coming up this coming Saturday from the UFC Apex. They're back in the Apex in the smaller gym. So the main event, you got Chan Sung Jun. The Korean, aka the Korean zombie, I think he should. I was thinking today he could also be called the Korean uh, chainsaw. I think all, that also works for him because he's basically always on and always dangerous. Yeah, and and I love his fighting style. I'm excited yep. to see what that looks like against Ige too, who who also yep. is a guy who brings it. Yep, uh, looks like the co-main events Alexi Olenek and Sergey Spivak, which is a, a big boy uh, battle. Which uh, that that should be a fun one. This isn't the most um, thrilling of, of fight cards, at least on paper. Uh, let's see if there's anything that actually... Uh, is there any fights that really jump... Oh, I know I know one Dan likes. Verna Jandaroba, Kanaka Murata. You like that one? That, that, that was literally the one I was going to say. <laughs> it's the one I'm the most excited for. Both because I, I do like Verna Jandaroba, but I really like Kanaka Murata. I, I think she's like a, a sneaky, dangerous fighter in that division. I will also say... As long as we're talking about ones I'm excited for, I am quite excited for uh, Chaos Williams and Matthew Samelisberger um, because th- that is, um, you know, Chaos Williams had that loss semi-recently uh, where, that he's trying to rebound from, but, but Samelisberger, I'm pretty sure, is, if I'm not mistaken, is undefeated in the OC. He's like 2-0, and and he's looked damn good in both of them. So, yeah, I- I'm excited for that one along with... Um, Chunky guys. Let's get chunky, guys. I mean, they're... Josh, Josh Parisian oh, and Roque like, Martinez, guys. Ro- Roque Martinez and Josh Parisian is like the biggest <laughs> of the biggest. Yeah. All right. Um, your boat's sinking. You can only save one person. Kanako Murado, Lauren Murphy. Who do you save, Dan? Ah, uh, Lauren Murphy. She deserves okay, a Okay, that's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah, not, so... Um, she, she gets yeah. the life raft on this one. There I've also go. never interviewed Kanako Murata. She may be a lovely individual, but but uh, Lauren Murphy is, is like the most polite, kind, well-read, well-spoken fighter I've ever interviewed. So, but don't you f- find like I've interviewed like basically athletes from pretty much every major sport, but fighters pretty much are the easiest ones to interview. Probably they're, they're, they're the most down to earth. And I've never interviewed anybody but fighters. But I will tell you, there's yeah. like. There's like definitely tiers to it where there are guys who are right. super easy to talk to and then guys who aren't so easy to talk to. But like the right. ones who are easy to talk to are really easy to talk to. Yeah, I think it's the the fact you know knowing that you basically you're the toughest person no matter where you go and you can protect yourself no matter what. I, I think that probably gives you a, a I guess you would know Dan because you're a tough guy. So would, uh, <laughs> I was just about purple, to turn that around. Belt. I was about to turn that on you, around on you. I was going to say like, oh, is that how you feel? <laughs> no, never. Um, so I, I think they probably, you know, it puts you at ease and you don't have to posture and pretend you're, you're a tough guy. Or a fugazi like like uh, the athletes in other sports that, that I've interviewed perhaps. Yeah, maybe. 
Maybe that's it. <laughs> that, that could be it. All right, enough philosophizing. Um, let's uh, let's send you away with with these thoughts. Um, download the SGPN app. Um, uh, I'm not just saying it because um, the bosses want me to say it, but they do. But it's a real real good app. I I uh, really enjoy it. So uh, very nicely designed um, and easy to use. And who doesn't want to win a thousand bucks? So tr- try to win the contest too. Um, subscribe to our channel. MMA Gambling Podcast, we will be called. And if you want to put a nice review like someone has already, please do so. If you want to put a meme review, please do not. So if you're my uh, 10-year-old son listening, do not put a review in because I know what it's going to say. You tell it to, you say it to my face as it is. So um, Read sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Obviously, we have great stuff on there. Whether you're a degenerate, that's in there. Basically, if you're a degenerate, you should be be willing to bet on anything. So we had French Open coverage. We have uh, there's some horse racing in uh, Britain going down this week that we've got a, a betting article up on. Obviously, NBA playoffs, baseballs in full swing. Um, I think there's always some some kind of football going on that you can bet. <laughs> a fantasy foot, a fantasy football. We have a new fantasy football podcast. You Americans, there's always some kind of football, right, of some sort. Yeah, well, and especially because this year they changed some of college football to a spring sport, so right, there's always yes, yes. always extra fantasy or yeah. always extra football. And if you're into the what the rest of the world calls football, yeah, I think the, the Euros are on now, so we have obviously coverage of that. So check out that site. Um, if you're strictly into MMA, um, you can go to MMA-manifesto.com. And we have goodness on there. We have pick'em contests for every event. We're not gonna. I don't think I'm gonna run one for this weekend's. Korean Zombie Ige one because um, there's an extra event this month and I only have the budget for three events. So I think I'm going to skip this one and, and do the final fight card of the month instead. But regardless, we got good stuff in there. Um, fighter pay stuff seems to be the most popular um, far and away. If you want to know how much people make, which everyone seems to care about, uh, all that is on there. Dan writes good analysis on up-and-coming fighters, basically, um, usually on on upcoming cards. And he writes some gambling picks and stuff like that, too. So check that out. And you can listen to his podcast, The Prelim Primer, um, which breaks down all the prelim fights of the card. And the Top Turtle MMA podcast, the aforementioned one with Shockwave Dave, who's on and off the flyweight bandwagon. So I'm assuming <laughs> assuming he's going to be off off the uh, off the bandwagon this weekend. Uh, this week we'll have to wait and wait and find out. Uh, and Dan has uh, gambling advice on there also, and he has fighter interviews. And this week he, the interviews are with one of one of uh, Jeff's favorite nicknames in all of MMA. Jeff, do you want to take a guess? One of my favorite. Oh, so many. No, this this one stands out though. Is it the person you just interviewed before you talked to me? Uh, no, but that's one. Alexa Kamer will be on the show, but Alexa that's not Kamer, the other yeah. one. Oh, it's going to be Alexa Kamer and... I, you're going to have to give me a hint here. Maybe I'll get it if you can. We, I think we named an episode after his nickname. Oh, really? That's, uh, you're, oh, Corey Anderson? No. Did we Beast call... In 25, did we, Beast in 25-8, Did guys. we call an episode Beast no, in 25 but, but I, I'm sure we will at some point, hopefully. No, no Juicy J, my man. Oh, yes, Juicy J. <laughs> I talked to Julian Juicy J. Arosa. Julian Juicy J. Arosa, yes, that's right. Yeah. It, we we had the Juicy episode, out. yeah. We, yeah, we did, and we got creeped. Yeah, we got both got creeped out when we <laughs> said his nickname that episode. Yes, I remember. Long-time listeners are screaming out their uh, phones saying, Juicy J. <laughs> yes. So that's good. Make sure you listen to Top Turtle. Um, and I think it's everything 
the powers that be want me to say. Um, and it's Dan's turn to put us to bed. So let's see what Dan has in store for us here um, as I say goodbye to you. Go right ahead, Dan. Adios, Degenerinos. <laughs>